Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls. Welcome to The Ralph Report. Brand new show for you for a Wednesday, September 11th. And uh, that date, of course, has a, a dark, horrible resonance with those of us here in America. Yep. It's been, uh, geez, 18 years since the attacks on New York's World Trade Towers. And before we get into the show proper today, I did want to talk a little bit about those attacks because often on this day, I will hear from longstanding members of the Garmy who were with me back in the radio days, and they often say that I was the voice that broke the news to them that morning about what was going on. And for those who aren't familiar with the story, I thought I'd recap it really quickly and then we can move on. I know we usually do this day in history later in the show, but this is a particular interesting Yes. Uh, significant day in history. So I did want to touch on it because September 11th, when you say it here in the States, is one of those dates that uh, a flood of memories come back. No matter where you were and what you were doing at that time, on that day, you absolutely remember you how, go, how you got the You news. go right back to that spot yeah, as you hear it. It's kind of crazy. So I did want to mention the fact that Jesus, 18 years ago, I was literally a rookie in radio, and just to set up the story for you, I was working at brand new at this new morning radio show that I was working on. They weren't new. I was new. And management at the time said, uh, when Kevin and Bean, the lead guys, go on vacation, Ralph, we want you to come stick around. You're not going to go on vacation when they go on vacation, because we want to have somebody in the studio just in case. We need to cover anything. Anything newsworthy happens. We'll have a live presence on the air as opposed to just um, taped right. replays. So what was going on at the time? And we had done this a couple of times. I would go into the studio and just do my entertainment news. I do my showbiz beat once an hour and I would just hang out meanwhile in the in the studio and just just in case. So it was, I don't know, just before six o'clock in the morning and the station where it was at at the time was across from a Chevron gas station. And I used to stop in there first because it was the only place that was open other than like a 7-Eleven. I'd go in there and get a coffee and a granola bar or something to snack on before I went into the station. I did that regularly. And this was just, as I mentioned about, uh, I don't know, just before six o'clock. And I remember going to the counter and looking. The guy had a small black and white television set behind the counter and it was facing me. And I was watching the live feed from New York from the Twin Towers after that first plane had struck. And it you can't wrap your mind around the evil that it actually was at the time. So I remember saying, oh, my God, this is the worst aviation mistake in history. Right. right. I assumed that a, a, a passenger jet had lost power or it was going in and out of New York or something happened and it crashed into the tallest building yeah. in New York. At your the mind time. wouldn't even go to terrorists. No, time. never in a million years. So I remember paying for my stuff and then rushing over to the station because I was like, well, this is something that's going to need to be covered. Yeah. And I got in there and we talked about how we were going to cover it. And then the second plane hit the towers. Mm. And 
everyone started to realize that we were dealing with something completely different. This was no longer an accident. This was some deliberate act of terror on someone's part targeting the United States of America. Right. And like I said, I'm new to this game. I had, I was an actor and a comedian and a sketch comedian, improv comedian. I'd never done broadcast journalism. I was not a news guy. I was not even particularly a radio DJ right. guy. And they say, you got to go in the air and you got to start covering this Deliver story. Deliver the heaviest news possible. <laughs> As you can imagine, I was terrified. And luckily, I didn't really have time to think about it. But Mike's just went live and we went on the air with the story. It was myself and a guy named Boyd Britton, who was known as Doc on the Rock on that show, who was an experienced newsman, thank God. And he was busy gathering all the information he could while we went on the air to talk about what was happening. And it was compounded by the fact that the flight, one of the flights was Boston to Los Angeles. Yep. And so there were a lot of people from L.A. on that flight and a lot of people in Southern California who had family members on that flight who were who were desperate for information yeah. about who was on the flight and which flight was it and that kind of stuff so we took to the air and we did the best we could i got a couple of clips from that morning here is uh one of the first times we went on the air i think this is me and uh doc on the rock hey everybody it's 6 39 here on the kevin and bean show this is ralph garman uh here with doc on the rock our news man uh, if you hadn't heard already, there's been a terrorist act against the United States. Two large commuter planes have been crashed into the World Trade Center approximately 18 minutes apart. Uh, we're reporting it live. We're having as many details as we have. Doc, what do we know so far? Well, it's incredible. It was just happening as our 6 o'clock news began. I looked up at the TV screen. I thought it was a high-rise fire. A towering inferno would have been bad enough right. in the 110-story World Trade Center. Then the word came a plane had struck it. Then 18 minutes afterward, a second plane struck the other tower of the Twin Tower structure, which is like 1,350 feet tall. Right. And they say definitely it could not have been coincidence. And now we're learning the disturbing news that a New York to L.A. flight and an American Airlines jet out of Las Vegas were both reported hijacked. So at this point, we know these were targeted attacks. And then when you try to gather as much information as possible, and you were hearing all kinds of stories that morning, there had been an attack at the Pentagon. Yeah. There was, there was other buildings in Washington, DC that had been targeted. So you're scrambling on the air. Unfortunately, a lot of bad information got out that morning, but people were pretty much forgiving of it because no one really knew what was going on. You were just on. grabbing anything you could. And we didn't know what had happened. Yeah. We didn't know if we were literally at war at that moment with a foreign power. Was this Russia? No one had taken credit at that time. It was madness. Uh, here's another break. We came back a short while later. Okay, Doug, we just got some word in. Uh, the South Tower, apparently, of the World Trade Center has indeed collapsed. God help us. Unfortunately, uh, the, apparently, they were looking at the videotape. People were seen jumping out of the upper floors as the building uh, crashed to the ground. The number of people on each floor of those buildings can be in the hundreds, and this is a 110-story structure. The, it got worse and worse and worse, and we didn't know where the bottom would be. And we're all watching it live on television along with everyone in the world. And at the same time, you recognize there are people out there who haven't even heard the news yet because yeah. it was so early in Southern California. People were still waking up to this information yeah. many times with us on their clock radio or they were in their cars and they hadn't had access to a television set. So we were doing the best we could to communicate it. We just heard that the second, one of the tops of one of the South Tower had collapsed at one point. We had just heard now that the North Tower is completely collapsed. It's, it's completely incredible gone. to look at the television pictures and see that New York skyline changed forever. 
Roosevelt's line about a day that live in infamy uh, echoes now. And I just remember we were on the air with no commercial breaks, obviously no music, no interruptions from around 7 o'clock in the morning to almost 1 o'clock in the afternoon, straight coverage. And I remember when the microphones were turned off, we took our first break around one in the afternoon and another disc jockey was going to take over. I just remember almost crumpling into a chair, just exhausted and also not knowing what the future was going to hold. It was beyond terrifying. Yeah, but you didn't even have a chance to really process the information no. while it was happening because you were busy delivering. It. Yeah, you're, you're writing stuff and you're reading stuff and you're trying to pull stuff off of uh, news feeds and off of the television and just doing the best we could. And uh, I always hear on this day from a lot of folks who were listening that morning who mentioned that they they appreciated the fact that I, I did my best to, to try to keep everybody held together. But you have to understand, I know we have a lot of listeners who live in other countries, and um, I hope you'll indulge me just this little bit of uh, of memorial because it, I mean, it's beyond an American tragedy. It is the most uh, deadly terrorist act in human history. 2,606 people passed away in those crashes, in those towers, not to mention the folks, brave people like Todd Beamer, who was known as one of the uh, folks aboard United Airlines Flight 93. They took out the hijackers of that flight yeah. and kept them from completing their mission, but sadly caused that plane to crash in a field in Pennsylvania, killing everyone on yeah. board. And they probably knew that going in when they took uh, those those hijackers out that that was a possibility. And then all the first responders who have died since. Such an enormous toll of uh, life. So much misery caused by these uh, evil acts. And it was a, a remarkable time in this country because not only did it bring us together to a certain extent, but we had got such an outpouring of support and love from around the world, from all our allies. And it was... Um, it was literally the worst of times and also the best of times in terms of the, this country bandying together. And it, and it seems so long ago on so many levels, both in terms of years and also in terms of where we are emotionally and spiritually as a country. And I'm not a guy who's big on rah-rah patriotism. That's just not who yeah. I am. I don't like saying America's number one because it's just simply not true on so many levels. Yeah. I don't compare this country to other countries. I don't believe that's a necessity. I think that creates more animosity and more problems than it solves when you start saying who's better. Let's rank countries. My country's better than your country. That it's, just separates us and pushes us apart. Yeah, it's madness. But I do love this country and I love the opportunities it has afforded me and the people that I love. And so I just wanted to take a little time to uh, take a moment to remember the people who perished in that disaster and and in the in the days since and those uh, brave people who stopped what could have been further catastrophes and also those who rushed uh, rushed towards the danger and were helping others uh, on the day itself. So, again, I'm not a big guy for uh, patriotic stuff, but this particular song is my favorite when it comes to sort of uh, American patriotic music it's ray charles and i'm just going to play this for a couple minutes and just uh as you go about your day especially if you are an american just take a moment and remember those who are no longer with us oh, beautiful, spacious skies far amber waves of rain A purple mountain, majesties, 
now wait a minute. I'm talking about America, sweet America. You know, God done shed his grace on thee. He made me crown that good. Yes, he did. Heavy brotherhood from sea to shining sea. You know, I wish I had somebody to help me sing this. So thanks everybody for uh, giving me a couple minutes to get that off my chest. Yeah, once a year, couldn't hurt to look no. back and uh, appreciate those who are no longer with us, and also think about how we can maybe be better, yeah. make the world a better place. There's so much hatred out there, and that's what was at the the core, the uh, core of all of this. And so, yeah. just hope things change. Try to reach out to other people and yeah. solve your problems other ways. All right. Enough seriousness, nuss, nuss stuff. Nuss. Let's get on with the silly, shall we? Let's talk about you guys, the Garmy, reaching out to us here at the Ralph Report. We always appreciate hearing from you, whether it's uh, via email or on social media, or of course with your voicemails. You can do it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can leave me a voicemail at the Ralph Report hotline. You know the phone number by now: one eight three three. Hi Ralph. I listened to all of them. And then I take a handful and I slap them on the front of the show in a segment here called Garmy on the Line. The telephone is ringing. The Garmy's on the line. Ross gonna play your calls now and see what's on your mind. As you know, speaking of traumatic events, a lot of people still reeling from yesterday's uh, traumatic event where Eddie Pence went back to his old ways, wouldn't eat spinach. Yeah, was... God damn it. Spinach. That's <laughs> what gross. ruined spinach us. Spinach is gross. Uh, I got to tell you, a lot of people were shaken. Even trained professionals, Eddie. <laughs> trained professionals <laughs> who should be able to deal with these issues were still <laughs> rattled to the core. Hi, Ralph and Eddie. It's uh, Dr. Stu from Central New Jersey, four-star general. And um, as uh, Ralph, you you may know, I'm an industrial psychologist and a market researcher. I've studied human behavior for about 27 years, (laughs) but none of that mattered. Because when I heard you say Popeye, when you started talking about food, I was in a traffic jam on 287 in New Jersey going to work. And all I said was, Oh, my dear God, oh, no. Yes. <laughs> L&D. I think we all did, Stu. Oh, my dear God, no. Oh. 
We, you know, we all got used to the new normal, uh, and then it wasn't normal it was, anymore. It was a, it was a, a shining city <laughs> on a hill there for a minute. It was just a beacon of light and love, and now we're back in the valley. Dear God, no. Dear God, no. <laughs> However, not everyone is as crestfallen as Dr. Stu. Brandon called in. Brandon Rohrbacher, our, uh, our amazing fan, member of the Garmy. He's stepping up. Even though Eddie didn't fulfill his potential, it's not going to stop Brandon. Hey, Ralph. Brandon Rohrbacher here. I told Eddie last week that if he can go 10 for 10, which is food eating, that I would donate $100 to charity of his choice. Yeah. Well, you know, 9 out of 10 is still pretty good. So, Eddie, let me know where to send a check. LMB. Oh, how about that? Wow. Brandon, wow. still willing to make a donation in your honor to your favorite charity, even though you... <laughs> Are not I good. I didn't hold up my end. He remains being good. He's a far better man than I. He am. absolutely far is. Better. So, what charity would you like to have uh, Brandon d- donate his one hundred? Um, something to, to those people in the Bahamas, maybe right now, because they're kind of hit I pretty th- bad. I think still, uh, as we brought up the other day, the Red Cross, the Red Cross I think, Cross. is still helping them out. So yeah. that might be the best way that to go. That seems to be the biggest tragedy happening at the moment. Man, they've they're just entire cities just leveled to the ground, yeah. and they don't know how they're going to be re- rebuild. They just yeah. don't know. Uh, so, if you can send that hundred dollars to the Red Cross to help out Bahamas, that would. That's, that's nice where I would thing. choose to go. That's a nice but, thing. Thank you, Brandon. That's really cool. Um, and, you know, just quickly to talk about that situation, people are saying who would invest down there now to rebuild when given the current state of what's happening with the climate, the odds are another super hurricane hey, blowing through I mean, there and destroying your property is more likely than not. Speaking of the new normal, that will be the new normal. Yeah, there. it's devastating. Uh, Timmy also called in. About your eating, about spinach, <laughs> and he's actually got a pretty good idea. Hey, Ralph, Eddie, this is Timmy for Timmy! Uh, just <laughs> listening to today's show, and Eddie implied that he'd rather eat a fern than spinach. Yeah, he did. With the live show coming up, yeah. I think we should make that happen. Right? Love you. <laughs> Bye. Let's spice things up a little bit by bringing out two plates. We say, all right, one is spinach, one is fern leaves. Your choice. You could do whatever you like. I just said what came to my head, and it was fern. I just want to find out first if ferns are poisonous, and if not, that may be the way to go with some options. Uh, Melissa called in some very kind words to say last week. I had a ton of interviews. I had dog, the bounty hunter, and then I had Danny Houston on for two days. It was a, uh, a chock full week of interviews with folks. I love doing them, and uh, Melissa was so kind. Hey, Ralph. Melissa, three-star general. I was just calling because I was listening to your podcast from last week and your interviews, and I wanted to just tell you that you're an amazing interviewer. Every time I listen to your long-form interviews with anyone, even people I had never even thought of or heard of before, you make them so interesting. You have a unique take. The interviews are always just dynamic and fascinating, and it seems like you get stuff out of people that, I don't know, just the standard interview doesn't seem to get. So I just want to let you know that you're doing an awesome job, and I really appreciate all the work you do on the Ralph Report. LMB. You are beyond sweet, Melissa. Thank you. A lot of people are asking for more interviews. Uh, you know, I go through um, feast or famine sometimes with yeah. the interviews. Sometimes I get a bunch in a row, and then we'll go a couple weeks where I won't have one. It's not that I'm, I love doing it. It's one of my favorite parts of this show yeah. 
but I don't always have access to people to interview. Yeah. You know, I burned through my Rolodex pretty early on in this show. <laughs> right. And now I'm working with publicists and we're trying to find people. But I do have uh, author Brad Meltzer coming up again soon. Uh, very funny author and comedian Sarah Benacasa is going to do the show. So we do have some in the offing. And I know, as always, I keep promising you Dave Grohl and Seth MacFarlane and some of my other friends that I haven't had on yet. Those are still in the works, but those are very busy gentlemen who have real lives. So uh, I always get asked, like, Eddie, you never are in on the interviews. Does that bother you? Do you want to be on? I'm like, no, Ralph is such a good interviewer. Oh, you're why very kind. why would I want to? I, all I would do is would cock that up. And also, it's, I would do nothing but cock that up. Largely, more than anything, it's about scheduling. It was because too, I have to leave myself open to take these people whenever they're right, available. But it's right. like you're so good at it. Why would you have a? Why would you throw anyone else in the mix of that? All it's going to do is mess that up. The dynamic you've created with whoever you're interviewing. No, it's very nice of you. But, I appreciate so, it. So yeah, I yeah wanted to say that. Remember our friend uh, Carrie Bangs, C Bangs, C Bangs. Yes, we talked about how <laughs> she bangs. how she uh, <laughs> was mocked for her name. Well, she called back, and it turns out we've ruined her life again in some way. Hello, Ralph and Eddie. This is Carrie calling two-star general from Longmont, Colorado. A couple weeks ago, I called in because I'm the one who grew up with the last name Bangs. And I got to tell you, I was signing some papers at work the other day, and I wrote my initials, and I'm like, God, for some reason, that's really hitting me funny today. Why do my initials look so weird? My initials are CBT. Forever in my brain, I am now cock and ball torture. CBT. You guys are killing me. I love it. Thank you guys so much. It is seriously the best hour of my day. Ralph, take any time off you need because the love, the content, everything you give us every day is just so fucking awesome. The two of you, you start my day off with a laugh in the best possible way. And I couldn't live without you. Love you. Mean it. Bye-bye. CBT. Oh, man. <laughs> so she married a T, and now she's CBT. <laughs> Should have thought about that ahead of time. Oh, I got to put on that uh, those ball squeezers. Oh, no. What are they Stop. called? I don't the Ball crushers. Let it go. Yeah, ball oh, crushers. Yeah. Fuck. Oh, we got to bring one of those to the live show, No, too. we do not. Speaking of live show. No, we don't. Tickets still available if you want to see me crush Eddie's balls. No. <laughs> I'm going to eat a fern. That's enough. September 21st is the date. It's a Saturday night, 8 p.m. Go to the Improv website, uh, improv.com, I-M-P-R-O-V.com. <laughs> Click on Hollywood. And uh, then you'll see the event calendar. We are rapidly approaching a sellout. So if you want to get those tickets, you might want to get on that sooner than later. And lastly, speaking of the vice host himself, the magical Eddie Pence, mm. we were talking yesterday. We floated the idea of maybe we shouldn't, uh, Eddie shouldn't limit his scope to where he's shopping around his comedy on special simply to Netflix because yeah. Netflix is known as the comedy special streaming it's, stores yeah. they do a lot of them right now that's what they do yeah. but we talked about some other opportunities as well perhaps on amazon prime and then we thought about disney plus oh, yeah. given eddie's affinity for star wars <laughs> we said he could just sell it to disney plus but then eddie brought up the grim reality which is he uses the f word I do, a lot i do luckily jeff called in with uh, what i think could be a quick fix eddie hey Jeff, hey, uh, I have an idea for you to get that um, Star Wars comedy special on Disney. <laughs> Just uh, change all the F words to force. <laughs> And I think you're gold. Okay. All right. There's a, there's a tip for you. Bye-bye. You just have to dub in force every time you say fuck. Brilliant. Brilliant idea. Go force yourself. Go force yourself. I'll oh. force you. Yeah, you're forcing kidding me? Get the force out of here. Everything is force. 
<laughs> and that's what you call it. Go force yourself with Eddie Pence. Magic. And it's a quick fix. You just I'm, dub it in. I might rename it Go Force Yourself. No one will even notice. <laughs> Thanks to everybody who called in. I appreciate it. You too can be featured on Garmy on the line, but you got to take that first step. You have to actually call me. Call me around. It's the number everyone's talking about. All right, now it's time for us to take a look in the rearview mirror and find out what happened on this day in history. Ralph's about to solve another mystery. Like it's today the day some dude invented Listerine. Or maybe a tyrant king married his sister queen. Who knows, every day seems to be an anniversary. The Garmy's rubbing Ralph's lamp, so grant our wishes, please. And tell us what went down this day in history. All right, let's see if we can find some uh, more upbeat things to commemorate yes. on this day, September 11th, as we look back through history. On this day in 1297, the battle at Stirling Bridge, Scottish rebel William Wallace defeated the English. Oh. They could not take his freedom. Whoa. Oh, man. He had that blue face. He did, and the big sword. Big sword. <laughs> and he was also carrying a weapon. In 1773, Benjamin Franklin wrote, There was never a good war or bad peace. Smart man, that Ben. We need more of those guys. Indeed. In 1789, Alexander Hamilton was appointed the first secretary of the U.S. Treasury. Hmm. I believe he celebrated by rapping. If I, if I remember my if memory serves. If memory serves, yes. In 1847, for the first time anywhere, the song Oh Susanna by Stephen Foster was sung in public in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Really? Do you, do you know the song, yeah. Oh, Susanna? Yeah. Don't You Cry For Me? I came from Alabama with my banjo on my knee. I'm gone to Louisiana, my true love for to see. It rained all day the night I left, the weather it was dry. The sun so hot I froze to death, Susan, don't you cry. Oh, Susanna, don't you cry for me. I came from Alabama with my banjo on my knee. That was popular music in America in 1847. It's catchy. I guess Ariana Grande isn't looking so bad after all. <laughs> no. Stephen Stinking Foster. Remember that from yes, uh, Tombstone? Tombstone. Tombstone. You know, Stephen Foster. Oh, Susanna. Camptown Races. Stephen Stinking Foster. That's right. Stephen Stinking Foster. Frederick fucking Chopin. Frederick fucking Chopin. It's a nocturne. <laughs> uh, on this day in 1850, the Swedish Nightingale, Jenny Lynn, gave her first U.S. concert. Did you see the movie uh, The Greatest Showman with uh, I did not. Hugh Jackman? I did not. It's a, it's a big story about P.T. Barnum, how he brought fell in love with this Swedish opera singer and brought her to the States to tour the United States. Hmm. And they had a torrid love affair, apparently. Mm -hmm. Is that how he got it done? That's how he got it done. Started a circus to get a girl? Indeed. We do everything to get girls. <laughs> we really do. Men are so simple. <laughs> Almost everything we achieve, it's in order to get laid. Pretty much. On this day in 1875, the very first newspaper cartoon strip was published, and it wasn't fucking <laughs> funny. I guarantee you. It appeared in the New York Daily <laughs> Graphics newspaper. The name of the cartoon strip? Professor Tigwhistle's burglar alarm. That sounds funny to oh me. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? If the ones they make today are awful, <laughs> what was Professor Tigwhistle Tig like? Tigwhistle. <laughs> my God. 
That's, that's funny. Not. That's funny. 1910 on this date, the first commercially successful electric bus line opened. First electric buses in huh. the United States. You know where they were? The first successful I'm commercial going, electric bus lines? Uh, like Chicago. Hollywood, California. Really? How do you like that? There we go. Cutting edge. 1936, FDR dedicated Hoover Dam. It was known as Boulder Dam at the time, but now it's known as Hoover Dam. Oh, was it? Yeah. Hmm. And that was uh, quite the project. It started construction in 1931, by the way. Yeah. They, they had to hide Megatron there. I'm sorry. What happened now? Transformers. It's in the Transformers movie. Oh, where, my God. It's where they kept Megatron. <laughs> you're, you're really bleeding reality <laughs> and fiction, aren't well, you? I like, the, I like it when they bleed historical places into fiction. And then like when I go there, I'm like, oh, you know what? Megatron's in I'm there. impressed by the fact they built that marvel of technology in five years. You know, That's like, pretty you know, impressive. You know how long it would take to build it if you started it now and tried to do it? It would never scratch? get done. It would never get done. Have you ever stood on it? It's pretty uh, impressive. It is. It's terrifying. Yeah. I look down and I get that yeah. feeling like, I might want to jump. It's, <laughs> do you ever get those feelings when you're in time? Like, you're like when you're in high spaces, do you ever get that that weird that, building, that weird like, sensation? You're I like, I could just, I could just jump right. I now. I could alter my life right now. Very strange. Very quickly. Uh, in uh, 1941, Charles Lindbergh, fuck him. He uh, claimed that the British, the Jews, and the Roosevelt administration are trying to force the U.S. into World War II. He was a prick, by the way. Wow. This Charles Lindbergh is known as a legendary pilot. I guess he uh, flew uh, from um, New York to Paris. That was his big thing. Yeah. First transatlantic solo right. flight was Charles Lindbergh. But he was also an enormous racist and a spectacular prick. And during the uh, early days of World War II, he went around giving speeches. He was a Nazi sympathizer, first of all. Ugh. And he was also the spokesperson for a group called the America First Committee. Hmm. Huh. That's, that's I've heard a, that before. That's a slogan I've heard before. That's very strange. On this day in 1945, physician Wilhelm Kolf performed the first success, successful kidney dialysis procedure using his artificial kidney machine. Hmm. Hmm. It happened in the Netherlands. That's good, though. That is good. Although uh, my mom, before she passed, had uh, kidney failure and she was on... Well, dialysis. People, it's a brutal. It's a, fucking it's a necessary process. evil for oh, people who need it. It's my god. Because they, you're for the it's whole torture. For hours a day. It's fucking torture. It's, yeah, but they, you need it. It's, yes, keeps you alive. In 1946, the first mobile long distance car to car telephone conversation was had. In 1946, there's mobile phones in 1946. Right? What took them so How fucking long? Big was that? It was. It was so, the size of a car. Did they pull it in the car? It was a car it? that looked. That was a phone. Actually, he <laughs> crawled inside of it. Um, but still, if the technology exists, nineteen forty six, they took their sweet ass time yeah, they getting did. around to us. They don't. They don't let on. us have stuff. They don't, indeed. In nineteen fifty four, the first Miss America television broadcast was held. Should have been the last one. Crowned the twenty seventh Miss America, it was a young lady, a nineteen year old girl, one. By the name of Lee Merriweather was her name. Hmm. That name sounds familiar, maybe, because she went on to be a very successful actress. She was on Star Trek, and she was on The Time Tunnel, and she was the uh, star of the 1966 Batman movie as Catwoman. Oh, she you're going to see the perfect crime when I get Batman in my claws. <laughs> yeah, Ooh. she was hot. Uh, still around, by the way. I see her quite often. I'm friends with her and her daughters, and she is just a sweet, sweet, well, lovely cool. lady. Very nice lady. On this day in 1967, the Beatles started filming their TV special, The Magical Mystery Tour. And for those Beatles fans who think the Beatles can do no wrong, 
do yourself a favor and uh, get yourself a copy of the Magical Mystery Tour TV special that they filmed when left to their own devices. Holy shit, burgers. Is that hard to sit through? But I got to say, the album is pretty awesome. In 1970, the Ford Pinto was introduced and then blew up, I think. Oh, yeah. You hit the back of it, it exploded. If they right? got hit from behind, the gas tank would burst into Because the gas tank was in the back of the car? Is yeah. that where they put the thing? Yep. Not the best design. Mm, pretty stupid. 1978, the last known person dies of smallpox. <laughs> and you would have thought smallpox had been eradicated by 1978. And in a way, it was. Yeah. This person, Janet Parker was a medical photographer, and she got the infection in a laboratory in mm. Birmingham, England, when she was shooting the lab. They had a oh, specimen man. of smallpox on hand, and she got infected oh, at her job. That sucks. That's a bad way to go. He was basically eradicated, and then she went into the Where belly of the beast yeah, and got exactly. it. Yeah, mm. exactly. That is a bad at-the-job injury That sucks. right there. In 1998, independent counsel Ken Starr finished his report to U.S. Congress about President Bill Clinton and the 11 possible impeachable offenses he found Clinton guilty right. of. And they impeached him. They did indeed. How over, the bar has been lowered. Over a blowjob. Indeed. And and a messy blue dress. Let's That's true. That. I forgot about that. He did, uh, he did land on the dress. And in 2007, Russia tested the largest conventional weapon in history, Something they call the father of all bombs. Ooh, that sounds that sounds friendly. Awful. The lar- the father, the father of, all of all bombs. <laughs> Dear God, you don't get the father. You get the mother sometimes. You never get the father. Of and all. they love mother. Everything's yeah. mother Russia. This mother Russia. If they're if they're upgrading to father, that's huge. That's a serious fucking bomb. <laughs> hey there, it's Ralph Garman here. I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you are. Why not subscribe to The Ralph Report so you can hear it every day, Monday through Friday? For just 15 cents a day, you can be a one-star general supporter, and that will get you the show in your ear holes Monday through Friday. Of course, there are two, three, and four-star general levels as well, which gets you more bonus content and more access to me. So if you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? Go to patreon.com slash the Ralph Report. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash The Ralph Report. Subscribe today so you don't miss a thing. All right, let's take a look at the food-related day in history. You know, I saved those for the last because up until yesterday, it was a lot of fun. I know. We would talk about the kind of food. Then we would pull the patented, the handle, rather, of the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine. If three of those items came up on the reel, there was much rejoicing and much excitement. And for nine days in a row, we were celebrating <laughs> then spinach brought us back to earth. Okay, good, good, good. But who knows? This could be the beginning of a brand new uh, streak. You never know. You never know. It's always the next one. So I will describe the food for today. Then we'll pull that handle. Here it is. On this day, September 11th in 1851, a gentleman named Sylvester Graham died in Northampton, Massachusetts. Sylvester Graham was an interesting cat. He was, some say, the uh, the first organizer of a national vegetarian movement he was in the 19th century also a proponent of temperance he was one of those guys like kellogg we talked about before who was anti-masturbation oh those crazy he was anti-pleasure on almost every level he believed that by minimizing pleasure and stimulation of all kinds 
your life would be improved. How? That was the lifestyle to have. It. He said a vegetarian diet and no booze and no sex. And most importantly, you had to eat whole grains. So he developed his own kind of coarse ground whole wheat flour that became known as Graham flour. His followers, the Grahamites, would uh, use the flour to make... <laughs> it's true. God Use it, it to make bread. Oh, people are stupid. Use it to make all kinds of uh, foodstuffs. But the, the one that really caught people's attention was way back there in 1829 when he developed the Graham cracker. The Graham cracker, of course, originally was prepared just with his special flour and then oil and shortening of some kind, molasses and salt. But since then, now that they're made uh, by high-end uh, bakeries and mass-produced for the masses, which is, I guess, why you mass-produce something yeah, for, the, for masses. the masses. <laughs> it is a, a sweet cinnamon-flavored cracker now made with this, still with the graham flour, but sometimes also with honey and other flavors as well. So that's the food for today, the graham cracker. I'm saying that for Steve Ashton. The graham, graham cracker. Is that something Eddie Pence would eat or not? Who knows? Who we just, it's, you know, for a long time, we all felt good about ourselves. Now we don't know whether Eddie's going to let us down or not. So there's only one way to find out. Here we go. The Graham Cracker. Let's spin those wheels. One cracker, two crackers, three crackers. Three crackers. We're back. We are back. We're back with the crackers. We're back, baby. So you eat the Graham crackers. I like the Graham crackers. It's, I am a big fan of Graham yeah, crackers. I love them. I've been known to tear open the plastic sleeve of a stack of Graham yes. crackers and just work through them. I will eat so many Graham crackers. They almost feel like health food. They for do. Some reason. I don't feel guilty eating them. I don't either. Especially when I put a marshmallow and a piece of chocolate. Oh, see, on now it. you've gone too then far. It's really Once good. again, you've ruined it. The I, s'mores. I, yeah, I forgot s'mores. S'mores, man. You got it. You got these Graham crackers and s'mores. That's right. I, I wonder if Graham was banging any of his Grahamites. No, he was against all yeah, kinds of Yeah, but those guys say that shit. And then yeah. they go on the side like, well, you can do it with me. And then they oh, have all I those see. followers. The Grammites? Yeah, the Grammites. Bring the Grammites. Those guys back. are, you don't cut out all pleasure. There's something. You're, you're, he was a vegetarian. Yeah. He was probably living he was the eating, life. He was eating meat. You, oh, my God. I don't trust anyone who talks that way. He's eating pie. He was <laughs> pie, meat pie. Uh, why does every conversation <laughs> devolve into this lately? You took me that way. I didn't, sir. <laughs> and that's it for this day in history. I pity the fool who ain't been schooled by Ralph recently. He's dropping college-level knowledge with such accuracy. It got my head spinning faster than a drunk Eddie. And I'm rocking the back and track with a rap like a bad celebrity. I hope Cooperman loves my beats, because that rhymes with LMB. And that's a wrap for the Ralph Report today in history. I am so excited about Mike Serbert doing those live shows. I can't live show. wait. It's going to be awesome. If you're thinking about coming to the show for no other reason, come to see Mike Serbert live rap. Just for that. That's going to be fun. All right, let's take a look at all the entertainment news with a segment I call the Showbiz Beat. Well, this is good news. I get the sense that Kevin Hart has something to prove because he's already about to leave the hospital. Really? Now, he's not going home. Don't get me wrong. He's going to check into an inpatient physical therapy facility right where he'll be probably for several weeks more to go but the fact that he is out of the hospital bed in general is kind of a remarkable week, has it uh nine days oh since his has. horrific <laughs> car crash over a week but still That's three still. spinal fractures uh fused vertebrae a serious back surgery and they say he's already up and walking he's even climbed a few steps and they say he's ready to leave the hospital and check into this inpatient physical therapy facility 
where he will spend probably a couple weeks and then he'll get to come home. But he will, of course, have to continue with his therapy. But that's a good sign. It's either he's well, he is kind of in amazing shape. You know, he's always working on the gym stuff. I guess that helps with recovery. But and to get where he's gotten in life, he's had to be a very motivated individual. I get the sense he is that guy who's just putting his mind to it and saying, fuck this. I'm not going to let this hold me down. Sarah Jessica Parker and Matthew Broderick, husband and wife, have just announced that they're going to star on Broadway together. Really? Huge mistake. <laughs> this is going to break them up. <laughs> you think? I guarantee. After all these years? I guarantee. Is- I guarantee. Where is it? I guarantee. I guarantee. <laughs> this is going to destroy their marriage. No way they survive this. It seems like a bad idea to me. They're going to be taking the Broadway stage together next year in a Neil Simon play called Plaza Suite. Neil Simon, of course, looms large in Matthew's career. Yes. He was the one who Biloxi wrote Brighton Blues. Breach Memoirs and right. Bloxy Blues, both big uh, breaks for Matthew Broderick when he was a young actor. So they're returning to Neil Diamond. This is a great Neil play. Simon. But, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I would much rather prefer Neil Diamond. <laughs> write a play for I him. am, I said. <laughs> they're coming to America. They'll be starring in a musical. <laughs> Based on the music of Neil Diamond. Oh, be How come they haven't done a musical based on the songs of Neil know. Diamond? They totally should. They do uh, the Jersey Boys and Mamma Mia and all these other ones. Where's the Neil Diamond musical? Oh yes, I gotta get on that. Get, I that's your idea. One. You just had a, your idea. Another, another billion jump. dollar idea. How many do I come up with on a regular basis? I'm like uh, Michael Keaton in um, Night Shift. He carries around that recorder yeah. and he just keeps speaking genius right. ideas into that recorder. Uh, tuna, tuna fish salad. Uh, uh, just feed uh, feed mayonnaise to tuna fish. <laughs> I mean, he's just he's always <laughs> he's always coming up with genius ideas. I forgot about that. the Neil Diamond musical on Broadway. How has that not happened I don't, yet? You need to make some calls. My God, to some of the people. I got to call Neil. Call I gotta, Neil. I got to call Neil because he probably has. I would assume the rights to the Neil Diamond. I'm sure music. he does. Yeah, and I'm sure you have his number. Um. Anyway, <laughs> Neil Simon's Plaza Suite, which is an excellent play. And a great exercise for actors, by the way. It's a three, uh, three one acts, and it's all about uh, three different couples staying in this one particular suite at the Plaza Hotel in New York. But both actors play three different people. So they get to, they get to play three different uh, storylines. Lots basically. of funny costumes. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> it should be awesome. Apparently, they worked together once before in 1996 when she joined the cast of How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying, which. Uh, Matthew Broderick was already in and won a Tony for, actually, but they've never co-starred face-to-face against each other. And this, I predict, will end their relationship. <laughs> hey, Disney knows what they're doing with their IP, their intellectual property. They really do. Yeah. They know what they're doing with the Marvel superheroes. Yeah. They know what they're doing with the Star Wars universe. Mostly, yes. Um, however, I don't think they know what they're doing with the Muppets. They seem to be struggling with the yeah. Muppets. There was that Muppet TV show on ABC. It's like The Office, right? That was awful. Yeah. And barely watchable. Yeah. And then on Disney Plus, they were going to reboot The Muppets with a comedy series that took place right after 1984's The Muppets Take Manhattan Left Off. It was going to be a direct sequel to that film. Okay. But it was going to be a series. Okay. They had Josh Gad producing. Uh-huh. And they had the songwriters from Frozen, Bobby Lopez and Kristen Lopez, writing the original songs. Seems like that should work. A slam dunk. Yeah. And now uh, Disney Plus has shelved the project. Wow. Apparently, there was a big butting of heads between the creative forces behind the show and the powers that be at Disney who maybe didn't want that that show going in that direction. Huh. Now, what could that have meant? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Josh Gad will only go forward and say, uh, we have a heavy heart but we decided to walk away. Sometimes creative differences are just that, he said about 
the demise of that project. Wow. But I can't imagine. I mean, they're gonna Disney's gonna keep trying with the Muppets. It's too valuable of a property it to show. Sounds like the people they had in place would be the people to entrust with. Yeah, it. but if you yeah if you can't make that group of people make that work, I don't know what you do. With they it. did that movie with Jason Segel that apparently was not very good. Well, the first one wasn't bad. The second one wasn't as good. The first one was like a fun revisitation of the original Muppet movies. Yeah, that was like a decade ago, I yeah. guess. That wasn't a bad movie. The mm. second one wasn't good. And then they did that Office remake reboot thing with the Muppets and yeah. didn't really work. That was uncomfortable to watch. Um. But they, they seem like they don't know what to do with them. I don't know. I wonder if they're trying. I bet Josh Gad and company, if, if I'm not mistaken, probably we're going a more adult. I would assume so. Pop culture, riffy, kind of sarcastic Muppets. Yes. Which is when they were at their best. Yes. Maybe the powers that be at Disney wanted to be more family more friendly. More street version of and, the Muppets. And let's sell more toys kind of right. Muppets. Maybe that's Just the redo the Muppet Show. That's right. Just do that. Speaking of shows getting rebooted, Dark Shadows is coming back. Are you familiar with Dark Shadows at all? No. This was before your time and even before my time, but I do know the history of it because my sister was obsessed with it. It was a daytime soap opera that was a gothic horror daytime soap opera. It was on ABC, and it was all about the Collins family, which was a family of cursed rich people. Okay. Uh, Jonathan um, Frid played Barnabas Collins, who was the head of the family, who was a vampire who was 500 years old. Okay. And they had werewolves in the family and a bunch of it, but they played it fucking straight. Right. And it was a sensation. It was, it was, really? it was a national sensation for several years in the late 60s, early 70s. And then Tim Burton tried to bring it back. He did a movie version with Johnny Depp called Dark Shadows. I don't remember that. You remember that? I don't uh, remember that. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer was also in it. No. I like that movie. Uh, so now apparently the CW is going to try to bring it back and do a nighttime soap version of uh, Dark Shadows Reincarnation, it's called. Okay. So we'll see if they have any luck with that. Uh, they did with Teen Wolf, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger is uh, beefing with Donald Trump again. Another what? day, another, oh, really? another uh, battle between the president and a celebrity. Daily, man. In Men's Health Magazine, the former California governor Schwarzenegger was talking about the president, and he said, I always complain about Trump not being able to shift from Trump to president. He said that is his biggest weakness as president. He can't stop being Trump and start being president, which is a pretty a valid point. spot on, I think, criticism of yeah. what's been happening in the office. And he said the reason he can identify it is because he had a similar problem. He said when he was the governor, it was very hard for him to stop being Arnold yeah. and start being the governor. And it was something he learned late into his uh, time in the governor's office, right. he says. Because everything got him to the point where he was in his life, he was Arnold to get there. And right. then when you realize you get a position like governor or president, that you're serving people now. You're not serving yourself. Yeah, Arnold, So you have to make that switch. Arnold said just about that, only referred to himself in the third person quite a bit more. He said, I was still stuck <laughs> as Arnold. Arnold always gets things done. I forced my way in there, and then I do it, and I do it, and I do it, and I do it until it gets done. And I felt the same thing I can do with politics. But I learned quickly that there's really not the way it works at all. You have to be able to bring people together. It takes much more time, much more <laughs> effort. That's just the way it is. And if you don't like that, don't get into politics, he said. Uh, when asked why Trump seems to take so many shots at Schwarzenegger uh, on Twitter, he said... I really think he's in love with me. That's the reality of it. With Trump, he wants to be me, he said. So I'm sure we're just, God. I don't know, what time is it? Someone check the Twitter feed. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure, sure. We're, we're just a couple minutes away oh. from the uh, the rejoinder from the president. Should be good. 
And lastly, we talked about the story a little bit. Here's the follow-up. There is a guy on the set of the James Bond movies there at uh, Pinewood Studios. We talked about this guy. They found secret cameras inside the female toilets at the studio uh. where the new James Bond movie's being made. And they found out who was placing them in there. It was a guy. It wasn't Daniel Craig. Oh, That'd be awesome. That would have been though, amazing. No, apparently he was a uh, just a guy working around uh, oh, weirdo facility. Worked in maintenance, and he installed cameras behind the grill, the air vent in the women's lavatories. <sighs> and he put a little piece of tape over the camera's LED lights so it wouldn't be detected. But apparently, a woman was using the facilities, and she saw a glint of light off of something behind that grill. And she told someone, and they went in there and took the grill down. That's where they found the camera behind it. come on. Yeah, so he's been sentenced, given a 16-month sentence in prison for using miniature motion and vibration-sensing cameras. This is high-tech stuff. He's a spy himself. Yeah, he is. Instead of 007, he's 001 and 002. (laughs) (laughs) You went there, not me. (laughs) It turns out he has a history, believe it or not, Eddie Pence. Of uh, sexual deviance. Shocking. Yes. He is already a convicted sex offender. And now this is his uh, second time in prison for similar activities. They asked him why he did it. And he said, I suppose sexual gratification is the main reason. As I've learned from my past, whenever something bad or stressful happens, I act out. What? I guess he's feeling stressed, so he has to watch women poop. You know how it is, Eddie. Sometimes you have such a hard day, what you really want to see is a woman tinkle. Just pinch one off. That'll put me over. Either one. Tinkle, poop. God. You name it. Let's take a look at celebrity birthdays. All these stars today born on this day, September 11th. Movie director Brian De Palma is 79 years old today. Drummer Mickey Hart of the legendary Grateful Dead band. He is 76. Chuck in. Comedian Tom Dreesen is 80 years old today. He's still ticking to Is he now. still working? He's still around town. You see him at the Laugh Factory quite a bit. That's crazy. Yeah. He used to work for Sinatra yeah, quite a bit. He, he used to open for Sinatra all the time. Yeah, he, he still works, man. Still going. Is he funny? Yeah, he's still quick. <laughs> he's still sharp. I mean, it's not like I don't sit there and I know. It's die a, laughing. It's, it's a different but... style. The old the old guard of stand-up comedian, it's a different yeah, style. Yeah, and asking a comedian, I mean, it's kind of weird. That's true. He's he's still good. He gets crowds laughing, man. That's good. Musician Moby is 54 years old today. He also gets crowds laughing. He's hilarious. <laughs> he is very funny. <laughs> Actress Amy Madigan is 69 years old. She's married to um, bald-headed, um, surly guy, Ed Harris. Ed Harris. Ed Harris, yeah. She's 69. Drummer John Moss of the Culture Club is 62. Actress Virginia Madsen is 58 years old today from Sideways and American Dreams. And boy, I had a bad thing for her yeah, back she was, in the day. I had one for her, too. Yeah, yeah. sexy as hell. She was hot. And it's so funny. Uh, she was in a movie called Mr. North. That was the very first film that my guest last week, Danny Houston, ever directed. Oh, really? Yeah, that's one of the first places I ever saw her, actually. She played an Irish uh, maid in the 1920s in... Uh, 
um, uh, Massachusetts or one of these high-end yeah, yeah. places. Anyway, so I was just, he was coming to the house to record the interview, and I was like, I got to ask him about Virginia Madsen because <laughs> I really wanted to put it inside Virginia Madsen. <laughs> and just before he got here, I said, I should probably do a little quick uh, bio scan of this yeah, yeah. guy. It was his first wife. It was. Yes. So how inappropriate would it have been of me to say, that Virginia Madsen, oh, you man. had the movie. Oh, boy, I wanted to that? give it to her. And that was his first one. Oh, that would have been God. weird. Glad I took the time to read up. Uh, also celebrating a birthday today, singer Harry Connick Jr. is 52 years old. It had to be you. It had to be you. I wandered around. And finally found the somebody who could make me feel blue. Poor man Sinatra. Yeah. Yeah. He was hot for a minute. He was, and that still uh, packs yeah. him but in. like for a minute there, he was hot. Yeah, he was. And he married a Victoria's Secret model named yeah. Jill Goodacre. So good on him. Can't <laughs> hold that against him. Actress Taraji P. Henson from Empire's 49 years old today. Guitarist Jeremy Popoff of Lit Fame. Celebrates his 48th birthday today. Can we forget about the things I said when I was drunk? I didn't mean to call you that. Christy McNichol, actress, 57 years old today. Guitarist John Bucklin of Coldplay fame turns 42. Lights go out and I can be saved. Tides that I tried to swim the actress named Ariana Richards from the Jurassic Park movies? The little girl from the Jurassic Park From films? the original ones? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Ariana uh, Richards celebrates a birthday today. How old do you think the oh, little girl man. from Jurassic Park is? What would your guess be? I think when that pants? came out, I was. she's probably 40. She's 40 years old. Is exactly she? 40 oh, years old. The little girl from Jurassic Park is wow. 40. Wow. What the fuck That's is happening? So what the force is God. happening around here? <laughs> Uh, rapper Ludacris, actor as well. He is also celebrating a birthday today. He's 42. Ho, ho, ho. In different area codes. Area, area codes. Now you thought I was just 770 and 4 I'm where a wife yet act like y'all know. It's the abominable ho man. Globe trot international postman. Neighbor dick dope man. Yeah. Abominable ho man. Abominable ho man. <laughs> Hoes in different area codes. Luda! He's 42 years old today. Tyler Hecklin from TV's Teen Wolf, but he's also Superman on the CW Supergirl. He's 32 years old today. I've met Tyler a couple times. Boy, is he just a super nice guy. Yeah. No pun intended. He's, uh, he really is nice. <laughs> Guitarist Tommy Shaw of Styx celebrates his Sticks. 66th birthday today. Is it listen to that without doing the clapping. That was the first prize I ever won at a fair was a sticks mirror. Oh. With the darts on the balloons. Yeah, and right. I won like a little sticks mirror. I mean, I guess older people would have done cocaine off of it, but I was like eight. So? so I guess I could. Why are you such a slacker? I guess I was Get a, to I work. Was, I was a prude. Yeah, there, there was a time, boys and girls. Let me, let me tell you a little <laughs> story about the past. There was a time 
when rock and roll mirrors were an actual thing. We decorate our basements with rock and roll mirrors. It was a dumb collectible, it was stupid, but, I but had it them. was so big at oh, the time. I had several of them. They were mirrors with the logos of popular <laughs> bands on them. It made no and I, sense. I guess it was just for doing cocaine. I, I can't imagine any other reason. It wasn't much of a decoration, no. quite frankly. Hanging up, but you you're can't. right. It always was a prize at some fair some or fair. carnival or shit. Yeah. That if you knocked uh, down the milk bottles or you b- popped pop a balloon, balloon with yeah. the dark, I want get, a sticks mirror. You get a rock mirror. <laughs> Did you even know who Sticks were? You're I eight did. years old. That was old. my first introduction to Sticks. I was like, "What's Sticks?" Oh, that's because so it funny. was the cool logo, and I was like, "I want that one." And then I found out who Sticks was. Well, it was a cool logo yeah. and a cool band. And also, actress Elizabeth Henstridge from Marvel's Agents of Shield. She is Simmons of Fitzsimmons on that show. Thirty-two years old today. That's it for today's celebrity birthdays. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. And you know, it is Wednesday, and around here, Wednesdays have a very special meaning. It's the time we take a look at smash hit songs. From artists who were never quite able to recapture that level of success, they are One Hit Wonders. It's the One Hit Wonder! One Hit Wonder! One Hit Wonders. It's a very common tale. And I think we may have found our new theme. You know, we've had a running theme lately of Why Hit Wonders? Yeah. Of just shitty novelty songs that you can't believe were number one? Yeah. I think we're switching gears this week into a new genre that may last us a while. What? I, well, you'll, you'll oh, see. Oh, okay. I'll you'll wait. See. I'll wait. This comes uh, from Chris. He called in, and uh, it's funny. We were just talking about this guy, which makes this perfect timing. Here's Chris's request. Hey, Ralph. It's Chris, uh, one-star general from Orlando. I have an idea for One Hit Wonder, and I think it's pretty unusual because everybody knows who the artist is. I'm pretty sure Party All the Time by Eddie Murphy is a one-hit wonder. And let me tell you, it's a bop. (laughs) Hi, Eddie. Bye. Hey, it's a bop. It absolutely is. <laughs> a Party All the Time was a hit song Huge. by Eddie Murphy. Huge. It was number two on the Billboard Hot 100. I remember that video vividly. It was everywhere. Yeah. And there was no hotter performer than Eddie uh, Murphy at the time. And I think this is a great idea. From for We should take a little bit of a stretch and uh, go through famous actors and performers who got out of their lane and got into music right. and had hit songs because well, there's the, a ton of them. The first one I ever did on this show, I did Patrick Swayze's. Oh, that's years right. Years ago. Yeah. Or not, well, his was years, but like last year when I did this show. That's it's, right. It feels like years. <laughs> yeah, it was... Uh, uh, She's Like the Wind. She's Like the Wind. That yeah, was mine, yeah. Um, of course, he was in that movie, so it made yeah. sense for that to be on the soundtrack. True. But there's some people who just flat out recorded albums. Yeah, this was, yeah, Party and, All the Time. And was... that's what Eddie Murphy did. And Eddie <laughs> sort of dabbled in music, even in the comedy early in his career. Yeah. Uh, you may remember his first solo album, his comedy album, which was called Eddie Murphy in 1982, had a ton of his live comedy bits on it, but he also sprinkled some music in there as well. This one wasn't a hit, but this was his first stab sort of at uh, at popular music. Well, step aside, my friend, I've been doing it for years. I say, sit on down, open your eyes, and open up your ears. Say, put a tree in your butt, put a, a bubble bee in your butt, put a clock in your butt, put a big rock in your butt. I say, put some fleas in your butt, I say, stop to sneeze in your butt. Put 
Boogie in the Butt. <laughs> Put the boogie in your butt. It's catchy. It was not a hit song, but even then you could tell Eddie had some uh, musical aspirations. Yeah. And in 1985, he did release a full-blown musical album called How Could It Be? And the single from 1985 was a smash hit. Now, all things being equal, Eddie owes a huge debt of gratitude to the writer and producer of this single, Rick James. Yes. And at the time, Rick James was also on a roll. I think he's in the video, too, isn't he? I believe yeah. he is, yeah. Uh, the song is called Party All the Time. As I mentioned, it reached number two on the Billboard Hot 100, right behind Say You, Say Me by Lionel Richie, the only thing keeping it from number wow. one. It was number four in Canada, number nine in Germany, number three in New Zealand. Uh, the other countries didn't love it so much, no? but in those countries, it was it was popular. I would think in Germany, uh, put the boogie in your butt would be more popular. You would popular think that would be huge. They love butt stuff in Germany. <laughs> anyway, here is the great Eddie Murphy performing. She just wants to party all the time. Rick uh, joining yeah. in on the singing there yeah. on that on that uh, track. Party All the Time, as I mentioned, was number two here in the United States. A smash hit and the only smash hit single Eddie Murphy ever had. He's recorded some other albums and singles since, but never quite recaptured yeah. that uh, success. Interestingly enough, his attempt at singing stemmed from not necessarily a desire to do so, but a bet that Richard Pryor made him. Really? Richard Pryor bet Eddie Murphy $1 million that he couldn't sing. So as proof positive that he could, Eddie Murphy recorded a full album to prove him wrong. Did he pay him? On the liner notes of the album, by the way, it says, to Richard Pryor, <laughs> no, motherfucker, I did not forget our bet. And apparently Richard Pryor did, in fact, pay him $1 wow. million. Dollars. So that was the reasoning behind Eddie Murphy's singing career. <laughs> but I think we should talk about <laughs> actors who had hit songs. I think that'd be fun for our next... That would be cool. Our next sub-genre of one-hit wonders. So if you have any suggestions, feel free to uh, drop me a line, ralph at theralphreport.com, or leave a voicemail message on The Ralph Report. Love to hear from you. That was today's One Hit Wonder. It's the One Hit Wonder. One Hit Wonder. One Hit Wonders. It's a very common tale. And that's it for the show today. Stop it, Eddie Pence. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining <laughs> us. Eddie's making faces. Sorry. Uh, tomorrow, come on back, won't you? I apologize to Steve Ashton. We just ran out of time for today's show to uh, give him his UK update. Aww. We're going to do that tomorrow. Yes. So you get a double dose. You get tomorrow and Friday. Good. Double back-to-back -back Steve Ashton UK updates. Uh, also, because it's Thursday, tomorrow we'll take a look at Ralph Sex University talking about something hot and sexy. Mm.
like ball crushing. <laughs> no, uh, no, 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 no more CBT. We're done with that. We're going to have a lot of fun tomorrow, but it's going to be more fun if you join us. So come on back, won't you? Love you. Mean it. Bye. <laughs>